my King and my God. Blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied are those who dwell in your house. The King James says, in whose heart are the waves of Zion. What's in your heart this morning is going to be manifest in what you long for. And this man's heart was pointed toward the house of God and he was yearning to be there. As many of you no doubt are right now. But he said, blessed is the man whose strength is in you. Whose strength is in you. Amen. I believe that's where we need to find our strength this morning. Our strength is in him. Your presence. There will be singing your praises all the day long. He said in the previous verse. Now verse number five. I go back to blessed and happy is the man whose strength is in you. In whose heart are the highways to Zion. Passing through the valley of weeping or the valley of Baca. They make it a place of springs. The early rain also fills the pools with blessings. They go from strength to strength, increasing in victorious power. Each of them appears before God in Zion. I want to speak to you this morning from the subject of making the best of the worst. And I think perhaps that most aptly describes where we are. Let's pray. Father, today I am asking you for a special anointing. I do not have the ability to do what needs to be done, to transmit your word via the airwaves, Lord, into the homes where our people are located today. But while they gather with their family or with their friends or they sit alone, I pray that your divine presence will fill them and that the joy of the Lord will rise within them as they consider the word of the Lord today. And we ask these things in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I love it. Brother Clyde started by saying, this is the day the Lord hath made. I don't want to forget that. Even as dark and as troubling as it may seem, it is a day in which the Lord made and I am to rejoice. There is no doubt that we are living in difficult times, dark and depressing, discouraging for many. And there is much for us to be weeping about. A lot has been lost. The stock market has gone crazy. The economic gains that people have enjoyed over the last few years have been wiped out. The news. Oh, what can I say about the news? I am of the opinion this morning that if they took most newscasters and tied a rock around them and threw them in the ocean, they would be wasting a rock. But needless to say... There is so much negative news. I heard them asking President Trump the other day what he was doing to eliminate the fears. And my question is, what are they doing to help eliminate the fears instead of fomenting the fears? 
It reminds me of an old hound dog that used to sit on the porch of a old country store in Arkansas and it howled all the time. And one day a stranger came by and visited and he said, what in the world is the matter with that dog? And he said, well, he's sitting on a cucklebird. And the man said, well, why doesn't he get off of the cucklebird? He said, because he'd rather holler than get off of it. And I am of the opinion that there are many in our world that would rather complain and find fault than they would get up and do something to make our world better. But we as a church have an opportunity to do that. And I am counting on you to do just that. And somebody clap your hands to the Lord and say, yes. Amen. Everyone is concerned about being infected by a virus, but I am more concerned that we are being infected by a greater sickness, and that is fear. I am convinced today that fear can do more to me than what coronavirus might be able to do. I think it's a great time for us to reevaluate life and get back to focusing on what really matters and times like these have a way of doing that. There are times like these and some people are made better and some people are made worse. I want to come out of this better than I came into it. Amen. Not just enduring the times, but I want there to be an awakening that comes to the church. I know it's happening to backsliders because I've already gotten word there are those that are wanting to be baptized and backsliders that are calling their church family wanting them to pray for them so now is a time for the church to wake up and realize that this is a great opportunity and to let these times arouse not a fear but a faith that God is going to do great things in our midst amen because sometimes people go through times like these and, uh, and, and they get bitter. But, uh, I, I just, I'd rather come out of this better than bitter. Sometimes being in moments like this, uh, we have to really look at what matters. And I was challenged this morning while I was preparing that I want to live like I've never lived. And I want to love like I've never loved. And I want to care like I've never cared before. Because this is an hour for us to rise and shine and be counted in this world right now. Praise God. Some of the best lessons that I've ever learned in life, I had to learn in tough times. Things that I didn't want to go through. Things that I begged God to eliminate. And removed from my life. And yet I've learned some of my most valuable lessons during times like this. Our text is a word of prophecy for each of us today and for our church family. The passage gathers its beauty from its surrounding circumstances. For it was written in a time when they had been in great adversity. But they were starting to come out of it. Some historians believe it was during the days of Hezekiah. The Assyrian tide had surged into their promised land and had come near to Jerusalem. And then God had driven them away. And as they receded and began to withdraw, Israel that had been cut off from the temple and their beloved place of worship now had the opportunity to return. 
It was a long journey for many of them. But the longing for that opportunity was so deep that when you read his words, you understand what he says. When I long for the tabernacle, I long to get it back to the temple. I long. That's the way I feel. Most of you probably are feeling right now. I can't wait until we get back to church. Hallelujah. I can't wait until we can join together in worshiping him. And so they were counting the days when they would be able to come back to their beloved house and they were going to shout joyfully. I just have a feeling that when we finally are able to get back together in this building, there's going to be some people shouting we haven't seen shout in a long, long time. I'm looking forward to it. Amen. They were going to take up their old duties again. And they were going to be in their place of responsibility. Isn't it amazing how that in times like these, things that used to wear us out, and we think, oh God, do I have to do that again? Am I on the praise team again this morning? All of a sudden now, we're anxious to be on the praise team. We would beg, we would volunteer to do the dirty work now because we are not able to come to the place that we love. These were the things that were going over in the heart in the, uh, of the psalmist. Things were going to get better. They were going to get better, but he didn't know when. But he was anticipating that day and he envisioned the temple and he saw in his mind's eye all of the layout and he even saw the sparrows that had found a resting place near the altar of the Lord and they were raising their young near the altar. That's a powerful lesson for all of us in times like these. It's good to have an altar that you can raise your children near. Amen. What joy for those who live in your house who were able to stay there and minister there always singing his praise and our text highlights this, the, these things these yearnings and longings but it also highlights part uh, uh, of the the challenge that was before him in order to get to that place that he wanted to go he was going to have to pass through a valley that nobody wanted to pass through It was a passage that was ominous, to say the least. And even though no one, scholars, seem to understand or know where that valley is located, the psalmist understood this. To get where he wanted to go would require him traversing a valley he he, he didn't really want to go through. But it was part of the journey. We're in part of a journey today that none of us envision. None of us could even imagine that we would be where we are right now. These events have caught us by surprise. But I want to tell you today that they've not caught God by surprise. In no way is God caught off guard. But in such a place and time of all things that we need, we need a faith and an anticipation that tells us we are going to get through this. We are going to overcome this. We are going to rise up and be stronger out of this. We are going to rejoice. Amen, amen, amen. In such a place and time, the grace of God is needed more than ever before. But this is what the Lord spoke to me from this passage last night. 
What you decide to do in times like these will determine what you discover. Amen. Many people will sit around and gripe about it as they have been. They will find fault with everything that the president does. And it wouldn't matter if Mickey Mouse was president. It wouldn't matter who was president. The culture that we have in our country right now is a culture of criticism. And they moan and complain and gripe about everything. And there are too many people that feel like this valley is too hard and it's too dry and it's too difficult. But I want to preach to you about a psalmist that said, hey, while I'm here, I'm going to make something of it. I'm going to make something happen in my well or in my valley of weeping. I'm going to make something good come out of this situation. What I want to preach to you about today is not just an attitude that knows that someday it will get better because we do know it will get better someday. The misery is going to pass. Things are going to get back to some kind of normal. The sun's going to rise. The rain's going to stop. You will walk through the doors of this sanctuary again. You will be able to lift your hands and pray and worship again. There will be tears of joy that will flood your soul. And you will sometime by and by get to do that. That's not what I'm preaching about today. Amen. I'm not talking about just looking to the future, knowing I'm looking to the future and I know that the future has heaven in view for me. And I I understand that, but I also realize that there's a future for me here on this earth. What I'm preaching about today is making a little bit of heaven in the midst of your hell. It's finding yourself in an undesirable place like Baca, but saying, you know what? I'm going to make this valley pay. I'm going to find something. I'm going to discover something. I'm going to dig a little deeper. I'm going to go a little deeper. I'm going to grow a little deeper. Come on, praise him right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the midst of misery, let there be music and singing. I'm not preaching about resignation, but transformation. Some people come into the Valley of Baca and they look around it and say, well, this is the way it is. And some come into the valley and say, no, this is not the way it's going to be. And they start digging. I wonder what we could find if we would just start digging. Dig a little deeper. Amen. What I want you to understand today is that if you will get busy during these bitter times, you will not become bitter because of the times. Amen. There are divine resources for us right now, right where we are. You don't, you, you may not think of that, but if you'll just look around you, there's divine opportunity all around us right now. Amen. Enough to sustain you and anyone else who comes along later. Because my God is a father of great promises. But I've learned this about his promises. You have to find them. You have to discover them. You have to dig for them. In your valley, in your tears, in your bitterness, in your misery, in your loneliness. You have to make up your mind. I am going to make this valley a well. I'm going to make this troubling time produce something good in my life. I'm going to come out of it better. I'm going to come out of it bigger. I'm going to come out of it stronger. I'm going to come out of it with a greater anointing 
Because God gives me the ability to do that. Amen. Transformation. Praise God. I want to remind you this morning that we are going somewhere. Say that with me at your home and here right now. We are going somewhere. We have a purpose and a plan. We are not just drifting through life. And we are not being shoved through life by circumstances. We are on our way somewhere. Amen. I'm not here by accident. God didn't accidentally let this slip up on us. My steps are ordered of the Lord. And I am not willing to walk aimlessly. And I will not walk and live aimlessly when God has ordered my steps. The second thing I need to remind myself of is that I am just passing through. I don't plan on staying. Amen. The world can get bogged down in all this misery and they can get bogged down in all of the, uh, of the loss and the hurt and the carnage. But I've made up my mind. I'm going to walk through it. I'm going to come out of it. It's a passageway. It's not a place for me to live. It's not a place for me to die. It's not a place for me to quit. It's not a place for me to give up. It's a part of my journey and I'm going to go through it. I'm going to live through it. And I'm going to come out on the other side victorious. Amen. Everybody's journey is going to have a little bit of problems and trouble. Just like this man had. But it's what you decide to make of it while you're there. That will make a difference in your life. More than that, while I'm there in that valley. I want to make something happen. Amen. It didn't just fall in his lap. He had to dig it. He had to do some work. You sit around in your house all day long and you listen to all the negative garbage that's being filtered through our airways. And I tell you what you'll be digging. You'll be digging yourself a grave. But if you'll get in the word of God and stay in the word of God and let the word of God speak to you and let the word of God minister to you, you'll dig down deep enough that you'll find a foundation that cannot be moved and cannot be shaken. Too many people are sitting around waiting for something to happen and you need to stand up on your feet and say, hey, I'm going to make something happen. I'm going to make it happen in this day and this hour. This is what I've learned about life. What you make of life is more important than what you find in life. Many times what we find is disappointment. But they sang it this morning. He turns our sorrow. He turns our mourning. Why don't you turn this thing around? Amen. Turn it around. Don't let it get the best of you. Let it bring out the best in you. Praise God. Things are not just to be endured. But to go on through. Amen. Let it cultivate a vision. Let it cultivate a vision. Let you find something in this time. Let you discover something. Cultivate a faith. And and a disposition of life. That will become an instrument of making you a better person. You see it's hard to have a vision in the valley. That's not usually where we go. To get a vision. We want a mountaintop. 
We want to get to a place where we can see a long way into the future. Or we can look back and see a long way into the past. But let me tell you, when you really need vision, you need vision when you're in a valley and you don't know where the right or the left. You don't know whether you need to go forward or go backward. But in a valley, God give me a vision to know what I need to do and to know how, how I need to live in this moment. Hallelujah. Don't waste your sorrows. Don't waste your tears. Make it produce. Do more than get through it. Let it bring the best out of you. People are worried about a lot of things that they're going through right now. But when a man trusts God, when a man trusts God, when a man trusts God, he has resources that the world doesn't know anything about. What makes the best out of the worst is a person who says in their own heart, while I'm here, I'm going to make it pay. Amen. I'm going to come out of this a better person. I'm going to come out of it a better husband, a better wife, a better young person. I'm going to come out of this closer to God. I'm going to come out of this with some souls. I'm going to come out of this having witnessed to somebody. I'm going to come out of this having taught somebody a Bible study. I'm not just going to endure the misery. I'm going to have some music. I'm going to sing a little bit. I'm going to shout a little bit. I'm going to rejoice a little bit because my joy is not in what I see in this world but my joy is found in him and him alone amen lessons that I've learned in hard times have been the best lessons the worst thing I can do in a time like this is lose faith amen don't be a casualty of the crisis of this hour what will you make of it that's the question that God spoke to me. What will you make of it? Amen. I have made up my mind. I've had to stretch myself. You've uh, probably noticed that. I'm having to do things that I'm not comfortable doing. I'm going to be doing Facebook Live. And I've never been on Facebook before except by accident. Uh, I, I've, I've not done live broadcasts where you have to stand in front of a camera. I don't like looking at myself. Uh, ugly mug. I'm wondering sometimes how you look at me. I'm asking God to give me a facelift somehow through all of this. No, I'm just kidding. But anyway, I, 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 I've, I've, I've looked at all of these things and I'm thinking, you know what? I need to stop crying about it. I need to stop saying I'm too old to learn and figure out a way to catch up with this generation and catch up with what God is trying to do and not lose heart, but grow, become a better man. I want to be a better pastor. I want to be a better leader. I want to be a better father. I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better child of God. I want to be closer to him when this thing is over. I want to be nearer to him than I've ever been before. Amen. Not just walking through a territory, but living through that journey. What was interesting to me is that Israel marched out of Egypt to Canaan land without a map or a compass. They didn't have an iPad. They didn't have an app. They didn't have a smartphone that had maps and direction that you could put in your location and it said go down here and turn right go down there and turn left all they had 
was the presence of God and a preacher in their life that stood before them and said, here's where we're going. Let's go this way. And that's what God's going to use to direct us now. He's going to use his spirit and his presence to direct us during this season of trial. Amen. 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 They walked through a trackless wilderness with all kind of dangers without one person being lost. And when it's all said and done, I don't want anybody to be lost out of greater life church. I want us to be gaining. Amen. They traversed some of the most desolate country in the world. The Bible said that their clothes never wore out and he took care of their food. All of you that are worried about food, I've been worried about it. As you can see, I probably need a little extra. We need to stop worrying about food. If God could supply, some of us are going to have to understand what really trusting God means. And we have to learn that when you trust him, God will take care of his people. When you're down to nothing, God is always up to something. When you feel like you can't go any farther, God is always ahead of you. And he's already prepared the way for you. And so I am going to trust him. I am going to trust him that he's going to provide. Amen. I'm going to find the toilet paper I need when I need it. Amen. I'm going to find the water I need when I need. I'm going to find the meat I need when I need. I'm going to find the supplies I need. Amen. Amen. Could they get lost? Absolutely not. Not when the Lord was leading them. Not when there was a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day. As long as we have his presence in our life, we don't have to worry about getting lost or get, getting off course or off track. God's going to take care of us. We don't know where we're going. We don't even know what tomorrow's going to hold. But I know this. I know he holds tomorrow. And so it will be with us. The presence of the Lord is going to go before us. And I better hurry up because my battery's about to die. Oh, praise the Lord. Come on, praise team. Come on back up here. We're going to close this service today with a little bit of worship. Amen. I want to tell you that it wasn't Moses' knowledge that got him through the desert. Even though he had spent 40 years on the backside of the wilderness, all they had was the leading of the Lord God. But that was enough. In spite of the difficulties of the journey, the Lord got them to their promised land. And God's going to get us to our promised land if we will follow him and we will stay close to him. Amen. The road of life. It's not an easy road. And our journey is often through valleys of darkness and trial that we did not expect. Unpleasant, unwanted, unavoidable. Baca was a wilderness. It was a place of weeping. It was a place of sorrow. Those who entered there entered it with misgivings. No doubt fears arising. Questions that distress their mind. Uncertainty plague their thoughts. Can I get through this? Can I get through this? Can I make it through this? But the key is found in not just trying to get through it, but make something of it while you're in it. Amen. The key to what they found is in what they did. What are you doing? 
What are we doing in this time of trouble? Make it a well. Make it produce. Dig deep. Times like these will make you dig deeper. To value what matters and to cherish what is worth cherishing. You will find pleasant pools of refreshment if you will stay the path. Where others find only pain and misery and complaint and fault and anger and hatred. What you find in this place is dependent on what you're focused on. Amen. Amen. Dig. Dig. Amen. Dig. Depend on Him. Trust in Him. He said, if you'll trust in me, I'll give you strength to get through this. But the key is to walk through it. When you choose to make it a well, instead of weeping, you have taken what was meant for evil and you have allowed God to turn it for something good. He will fill your life with an outpouring He will make his presence more known now than any time in your life because you seek him more earnestly. God comes along these forbidding paths and he shows himself strong. Amen. Sometimes we worry whether or not we're going to make it through because the way is hard. Will this ever end and what will it be like when it does? Disappointments and dangers and difficulties and discouragements. They have a way of darkening the thoughts of our mind. But when life seems to overwhelm us, this is what I've learned about God. God always comes with a second wind. He always comes with the word of grace. He always comes with a supply of strength. That when I have gone as far as I can go, He bears me up and carries me on. So here's what I'm challenging you to do. Dig where you're at. Dig in the midst of your misery. Dig in the midst of our trouble. Make this pain pay for something. Learn something. Grow during this time. Pray like you've never prayed before. Make it your greatest resource. Quit going to the internet and go to your knees and pray. No matter what, no matter where, no matter when, no matter why, pray and God will answer your prayer. Amen. 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 Times like these either turn us or we turn them. They either turn us to bitterness and worry and fear and anxiety or we turn it. I challenge you, turn your mourning into dancing right now. Right in your living room, get up on your feet right now and do a little dancing before the Lord right now. Turn your sorrows into singing. Turn your woes into worship. Hallelujah. Turn your worry into praise.
our church family that is at home or with your friends, I want you to join hands together. And we're going to pray a prayer over our church, our children, our families. We are praying for the peace of God. We're praying that we will walk in the presence of the Lord and that God will be the strength that we need through these coming days. Father, right now, we come humbly before you in behalf of a people who are scattered all over this city today. Because of our circumstances, Lord, we are unable to join together. But I am praying that your presence that is not limited to time and space, it is not limited to human limitations, will move right now in every home, in every family, in every situation, Lord, right now that you would show yourself strong to your people. Lift up, encourage, and strengthen today. In the name of Jesus, let us live in the power of your presence. Let us live in the strength that you give us. Let us stand in the courage that faith brings to us in this hour. And we ask it all in the name of Jesus. 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 Praise God. We love all of you. Please be mindful. Our children this afternoon at 530, there will be an interactive video that they can watch and participate in. And we will be conversing with you concerning the upcoming events. There will be no live broadcast tonight, but we will have many things to present to you in the future. We love you. God bless you. Have a great and blessed day.